What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Um, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me in the chat. Um, going live, have not talked about Tesla recently. I feel like I just haven't caught up with y'all. Want to just document, we've got a bunch of really interesting Tesla news coming out that I think is setting up. Tesla's been quiet for a while. So you know when they're quiet for a while, they have some big stuff coming. Lots of clues about the Cybertruck specifically. Um, the Cyberquad coming out for kids. We have Elon Musk saying in the context of the Cybertruck, he will be on the next quarterly earnings call. He was on the last one specifically to provide a product roadmap update. So this is big news. In the Tesla verse. Um, also, want to talk about FSD 4680. Just lots to catch up on with Tesla. Also, Elon selling billions in stock, um, but the stock is actually performing pretty well. Here's just Tesla stock to start out with. Um, although we did hit like 1,200, I still think the fact that we're over a thousand bucks a share. We have gone down a little bit recently, but the fact that we're over a thousand bucks a share. Um, and over a trillion dollar market cap is still insane to me. So the stock is holding up really well despite a huge pullback in the NASDAQ and specifically Elon Musk selling. I don't think people are realizing like, I would have thought, um, first of all, actions speak louder than words. The fact that Elon's selling his stock now is interesting. The question of how much of this is because he wants to or how much of this is he forced to sell it so that he can pay taxes on his options to actually increase his stake in the company, a very weird counterintuitive thing going on here. But despite the fact that Elon Musk has sold 10 billion of stock in the past couple of weeks, he's selling like a billion bucks a day and Tesla stock is still over $1,000 a share. It's still like showing tremendous strength, I would say, um, relative to what the market's doing has totally blown me away. I've been super duper impressed. The appetite and demand for Tesla stock is at all time highs. So that's super exciting and I've been impressed by that. So I wanna just start there, but then really dive into the Cybertruck. So Tesla has taken off the Cybertruck pricing from their website. So initially, um, I personally have a reservation down for my Cybertruck, which I put down like shortly after the unveiling. Um, during the unveiling, it's important to note the Cybertruck was supposed to be launched in Q4 of 2021. And so that'd be like right now, obviously it's not launched. It's still looking like Q3, Q4, 2022, a year from now. But I think the certainty that it's getting launched within a year is much higher than it was historically. So it sounds like it's delayed. Oh my gosh, it's not going to happen. No, no, no. They're making progress. I was just in Austin. The factory is going to be built. It's going to be amazing. They're going to wait to perfect the Cybertruck before delivering it. And it sounds like it's a huge amount of technology. So what in classic Tesla fashion, they have all the pricing, 40000 for the base model, up to um, 69900 I believe, for the 500 plus mile variant, which is the one that I put $100 fully refundable deposit down for. In total, if we're talking about Cybertruck pre-orders, Tesla has done over 2 million Cybertruck pre-orders is the rumor. And just to put this in context, like, a product that is never launched, 2 million orders for a truck that's going to be fifty dollars to $100,000. We're talking billions, tens of billions in pre-ordered revenue for a product that has never existed, that has never been driven. This is going to be like, an. this deserves a spot in the auto industry hall of fame for just game-changing product market. And the fact that the media thought that this was a flop when it launched because of like the broken glass, um, and which turned out to be amazing press for the product, like the Cybertruck to me is is one of the most crazy things to happen and to see Tesla pivot their product roadmap um, to just something so bold and innovative. Like I saw this really interesting article. I'll try and Google it, which is about brutalism and the Cybertruck and, and sort of like the frontier of new practical brutalist design. Um, and I just love this. Um, this is actually done by one of my friends who is a hyper changer. I think if I can show you all this, this is just super cool. Um, but this video about like sort of brutalist industrial design 
and how the Cybertruck is ushering in this new era of functional, practical, stainless steel. You don't need to worry about the paint. It's cheaper to produce. It's more durable. Um, it's going to hold up to wear and tear super well, but it's also beautiful. It's striking. It's simple. It's going with minimalism. It looks like something that Apple in the future with a weird sort of dark twist could have came up with in their product development. Like, I just think the Cybertruck, um, this rendering is crazy too, right? Of in terms of ushering us into a new era of design and when you look at the streets to see something that looks so different than you've ever seen before, like the Cybertruck, like this is such a crazy, I'm nerding out obviously right now, but I just think this is, you can't understate like how much of an interesting uh, just moment this is for, for design and for the automotive industry. And so I'm so unbelievably hyped for the Cybertruck and I think it's getting closer than ever. Like the bottom line is Elon Musk would not be talking about it if it wasn't getting closer than ever to happening um, and coming out. And so my take on this whole like cyber quads coming out, they've taken off the pricing of this page is we are getting within, you know, it's not like a month from the Cybertruck launch. It's not the 12 nine event that everyone's saying it's gonna be, but we are getting close to this. They are de-risking it. The 4680 cell production, I guess I can do the update on that. Um, 4680 cell production, it sounds like, has been improving. It's been ramping. Um, they know how to make the 4680 in Cato. They can make a working cell. It's going to crush it. It's going to build an amazing truck. But it's about the economics of how do we build a machine that builds the batteries? How do we make that economical? And where do we stop the R&D line in Cato and say, okay, we know enough to build, to, to spend the tens of billions to put it in the Austin factory? Because that's what's happening right now, right? It's like we're testing out on all these small equipments, but now we're going to have to put down billions of dollars of capital expenditures to build out the battery production line in Austin for Model Y, for Cybertruck, for Semi-Truck, for every single future product that's the backbone of Tesla. And so at what point do you stop researching the machine that builds the machine and say, okay, this is it. We're good enough at the design. Let's invest in Austin. So I think that decision has been made. So the, in the background of Tesla, it's iterating, iterating, iterating at Cato Road on the 4680 production. And they've gotten it to a point where they're ready to put up the CapEx to put them. And I think when I was in Austin, actually, they were installing the, the equipment for the 4680 cell. So um, I literally think that's what's going on now. And that's why we're seeing Tesla sort of get ready from a consumer level to launch the Cybertruck because on the back end, they're figuring out the manufacturing. They already know they're already spending the money to make this come off the production line in Q3 or Q4 of next year. But so this is the um, Cybertruck landing page now. They have taken away all the cool stuff. Like, so you can still go to tesla.com slash Cybertruck and like see this, right? They have all the cool stats, exoskeleton, but they've taken away like even like range, I think you can't find now, right? Um, which is super duper interesting. Um, love this video, performance and safety. But so, and then you click order now and this is all that comes up. 100 bucks, fully refundable coming in 2022, very, very limited details, no details on range, no details on um, any of that stuff, which I'm frankly like, this is what I think is coming on the Q4 earnings call. So this is Elon Musk who um, said product roadmap on the next earnings call. So I think he is going to take the time to update us on all of this. And if you look at how he responded to this, it was in context to the Cybertruck. So he was saying this initial tweet here, initial production will be four motor variant with independent ultra fast response torque control of each wheel. And then could it turn like a tank? We'll have both front and rear steer, wheel steer. So not just like a tank, it can drive diagonally like a crab. He also says, 
Um, here's the form, form writer variant tweet, which I think is, we'll unpack that in a sec. But he also says it's a quote, insane technology bandwagon. So Elon Musk hyping up how much new stuff is going into the Cybertruck, a new way to build the car, new battery in the car, new sort of quad motor. I don't even think Tesla has a quad motor car right now, four motor design like Rivian. So it can like move like a crab, all of this crazy new technology. And so what's interesting about this is originally Tesla had the single motor dual motor and tri-motor. Those were the three variants that you had for Cybertruck. And now Elon is saying, no, we're starting with a quad motor variant, which is crazy. I think it's A, a little bit because Rivian did that. So Tesla doesn't want to be like, oh, we're doing three when they have four. Lucid's also doing four. I don't know if it's a little bit of competition or just like functionality or margin. But my theory is it was 70 grand for the tri-motor. They're going to be charging about 80, um, 90 grand for this quad motor. You're going to be looking at uh, uh, six figures. If you want FSD, if you want the cyber quad, if you want a maxed out cyber truck, you're looking at about 120, 130 G's, basically a Model S Plaid is my opinion. And I still think that would be um, an amazing product. And now the question of the cyber truck is how many can you sell? So I want to pull up the, the sales of uh, the Ford right now, because I think this is super duper interesting. Also, there may have been a uh, music playing in the background. Oh no, you guys didn't hear that. Okay, that's good. But yeah, so the next earnings call, I see we, now I got your chat pulled up so you can chat with me if you want. The next earning call is about to be crazy because um, we're going to hear Elon give all the specs of the Cybertruck. Um, Model 2, is there an unveiling date for the Model 2? What about FSD beta? Um, I just think there's going to be a lot of, I just, like I feel it, like Tesla hasn't announced anything new. There, I, I just kind of feel this like this holdup of news till this moment, which is gonna be dropped on the earnings call where Elon is like, no, I wanna make a point to be there because we have new stuff to say. So that's gonna be really exciting. Okay, 12.9, I see the comments coming in about that. 12.9, this is, Tesla has gone like, the Tesla community has gone ridiculous. You could, so there's a theory, for those who don't know, 12.9, people are reading in between the lines on Elon Musk tweets to say he's been hinting at 12.9, which is also December 9th, where they're gonna come out with some crazy announcement that was originally gonna be a stock split, then it was gonna be a SpaceX merger, then it's gonna be the Cybertruck unveil. I'm here to tell you nothing is gonna happen on 12.9. That's my theory, like it's all BS. I've been tweeting about it, just making up hype. I'm, I'm pretty sure half the people tweeting about it are just making up, per perpetuating this BS theory when nothing matters. But it, this is one of the weirdest, funniest things of Tesla Twitter. Tesla Twitter has convinced itself of this conspiracy theory that there's a huge Tesla announcement on 12.9. I don't know. And I don't care. Like, frankly, it's like, who cares? What's going to matter? Like, we, we're, we're thinking about the underlying intrinsic value of the business. What what are they going to announce on 12.9 that's going to change that? Nothing. We already, if they're going to announce something, it's something we already know. Berlin's opening. We already kind of knew that, you know? So um, I don't think anything's getting announced then. But um, I think this conference call is going to be a huge, huge deal. Okay. Now I want to talk about the uh, 10.5. So FSD beta, I was, I was just driving around FSD beta with my friend today, 10.5 phantom braking issue. This is really interesting, not just because the phantom braking issue itself, but because of how new issues can pop up on FSD as they iterate. It's supposed to keep improving, but it's not linear. It's like, it's kind of like a stock price when you think about the improvement of FSD. So they've been rolling it out. They've been expanding it, but this new version of 10.5, like I'm still not using it all the time. And this is just me being honest. Like is the technology amazing? Yes. Is it incredible? Do I think they're ahead of the self-driving race? Do I think Tesla's pushing the most cutting edge AI project in the world that I think every engineer would be lucky to work on? Um, are they going to solve this? I'm leaning towards yes. But do I use FSD beta today? 
in my everyday life, not being a YouTube nerd, not being a Tesla nerd? No, because it just messes up too much. And then I get like annoyed and then my friends are like, whoa, that was crazy. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take over. You know, it's like, so I try and uh, just keeping it real, but 10.5 has this new issue of phantom braking. So what that means is essentially I'm driving with the car. We're going great. It just went through the stoplight. There was all this stuff going on. It crushed it, stopped for the pedestrian, you know, avoided this car, didn't slow down too much, was going with the flow of traffic. Amazing job for FSD. And then we're in the middle of a block. Nothing's going on. And it just starts and it's like, whoa, and it like slows down. And so that's a phantom brake. And so I've been noticing a lot of that phantom braking occurring in this new version of 10.5. And it's just made me think like, there's, this is so hard. Like who knows why that popped up? Do they even know why the AI decided to do that? What's triggering a new thing? Cause it wasn't phantom braking before, but now in this update it is. So I haven't gotten 10.6 yet, but it's very interesting to me that the way these problems pop up and just how difficult this is going to be to solve. Um, and this is where I'm like, in my brain, I keep going like Elon Musk, you know, actions speak louder than words. Is he selling stock because he thinks the stock is ridiculously priced? And he's already on the record tweeting that a lot of full self-driving is priced into the equity, despite the fact they have a long way to go towards solving that. You know, is Elon signaling that he thinks Tesla's overvalued by being willing to liquidate instead of taking debt against his Tesla stock to pay for his option exercise? There's a lot of underlying things there of Elon Musk is subtly saying, I want to deleverage my equity position, which is already on margin in Tesla, um, right? now and exercise my options, essentially when it's all in all said and done, selling a bunch of equity to buy a bunch of options, Elon is net net increasing his stake, but he's also, he could be increasing his stake more by accessing more leverage and borrowing against his bigger position. So the fact that he's not borrowing against his position, but is in fact liquidating to me is um, actions speak louder than words is an interesting thing. And I wonder if that ties into his underlying skepticism that FSD will be as sol solved as fast as the market thinks it will. Right. And so I'm just trying to unpack all of this. Um, but I, uh, my, my guess, I still think I've been saying 2027, I think for, um, full self-driving to be solved. I still think that's a good number for like legally robo taxis are working. Tesla's making billions of dollars in multiple geographies. We are taking autonomous cars. This is a part of the real economy. I, I genuinely think that's 2027. So Let's see if the uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Meanwhile, um, what else do I have to say here? I don't know. The phantom breaking thing is is legit, um, and then it's interesting because this whole chip shortage thing. Um, people are expecting a really strong quarter from Tesla deliveries, but I wonder if Elon Musk saying they're not going to do the delivery wave means Tesla is sort of optimizing for not maximum production, but maximum profitability this quarter, which is an interesting twist. Um, but I got to say like the cyber, the cyber truck, uh, the cyber quad, the cyber whistle, like, oh my, I just got to pull up the cyber whistle. Cause this is just ridiculous. The amount of free marketing that Tesla gets, like this is, this is why to me, Tesla is just so ahead of the game. Oh my God. No way. Okay, this is selling for 300 on eBay right now. Check this out. The Cyber Whistle is selling for 200 or 300 on eBay. I bought three for 50 bucks. First of all, karma, because all of you were like, Galley, you bought three. There's none for the rest of us. I accidentally shipped them to my old apartment in New York where I don't live. Tesla ships them there. I've sent them two emails. They haven't replied. Now my Cyber Whistles are in New York. I don't even know. I can't even figure out how to call my doorman. So I spent money on three Cyber Whistles. I'm getting none of them. 
So I know that's going to make some people feel better, but, um, and, uh, but this is just ridiculous to me. And I think it's kind of like, as much as this seems dumb and like a joke, there is a little bit of business insight to pull from this, which is Tesla's ability to come out with something like this, to just make culture out of thin air. And literally to me, this is what I, what I would call this cyber whistle is not a joke, not something dumb. It's profitable marketing. It's a new way to generate attention by being authentic. The Tesla brand is so quirky. It's authentic. It's fun. It just makes you, it's like, ooh, look at this little fun whistle. It's made out of stainless steel. The Cybertruck's made out of stainless steel. It's a new brutalist design. It looks kind of like a whistle. Imagine if we made it into a whistle and, and used the same material and, and sold that to our fans to get it while they wait. Like, and it became a cult thing because there's always whistleblowers against Tesla. Like, it's just such a beautiful moment of um, Tesla owning culture. And Tesla being able to capture the attention of, of the moment of the internet zeitgeist for free and making money on it. It's not about, and it's not even about the money on the whistle. It's about this paying for itself. The whistle's paying for itself and they're able to just generate insane free press, but just launching a whistle. How many cyber trucks did they just sell by selling these whistles? I mean, it's, it's so, it's like, it's, I'm, I'm like, as I'm saying this, I'm like, this is so dumb, but I'm also extremely impressed. So and Tesla, the cyber whistle and the cyber quad, like we're kind of in, in a glory, like sort of golden age moment for Tesla troll merch right here. Okay, super chat. Um, I'm long Tesla, but we're really screwing writing C4. Okay, this is a really complex question about something I understand. So I'll skip that, but thank you for the super chat. Um, the cyber whistle, wow, you guys are killing it in the chat right now. Um, the cyber whistle has more generate more revenues than Lucid or Rivian. Yeah, ooh, so speaking of Rivian and, uh, ooh, I'm so, so curious what's gonna happen. Should we pull up Rivian stock real quick? I'm so, so curious what's gonna happen. Oh, and I do have, I wanna make a whole episode on the Starship um, production issues and SpaceX bankruptcy. I don't think we should talk about that now, but. I've just been thinking a lot about that, but that's a whole nother uh, video. So here is Rivian stock. Wow. I mean, this is a hell of a case study to fall. So we had the open around 100, which was above the pricing around 70 or 80 bucks, I think. I forget. Shoots to like almost 200, 172. Midday, it was even higher. Now it's coming down with the market, with tech, still valued here at about $100 billion. So I don't know. I think this Rivian, um, oh man. I love to kind of, I love to kind of, ah, man, I don't want to gossip and like hurt Rivian, but I am so convinced this is about to be the mega flop of like the market right now. And it's so, so interesting. Um, on one level, I'm just so skeptical that Rivian will be able to make a profit or just hit any of its targets. They want to deliver a thousand units by the end of the year. Are they going to hit that? No, it's going to look bad. There's already rumors about production delays. You have the, the, the lockup expiring so early investors can liquidate. You have, um... I don't know, just kind of a combination of, I would say a lot of bad events happening as you hit through manufacturing hell. So I think Rivian stock is still like an 80% drawdown. And I tweeted a troll tweet, which is I'm a buyer of Rivian at 420, but that's actually the price where I would start buying Rivian, like four to 5 billion valuation. But I don't know, it's, it's, it's done surprisingly well. And these initial stocks is kind of a side tangent, but they can pop really hard on the IPO because there's not enough shares to short. So people start shorting it here, but then they start getting squeezed and they start to have to cover and there's almost no shares to, that are available to short. So the interest rate to borrow shares to short spikes. And then you sort of have these micro short squeezes that can occur once IPOs happen and sort of accentuate the irrationality of these moves. That's what I believe happened there. 
Now we're normalizing. Now we're going to start to see Rivian have to post public financials, have to have quarterly conference calls, have to talk about delays, have to face short sellers planting stories and giving them more scrutiny in the press that trying to affect the equity price. Like this is going to be a real battle royale um, to watch. And especially because Tesla's heating up with their marketing of the Cybertruck right at this time. So I think that's super interesting. Okay, let's take some questions. Um, I have a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, so this comment by Huai, Elon never has to sell any Tesla stock. He could borrow on margin. I think that is so worth exploring of like, if someone wants to dive into that, like how much did he borrow against his Tesla stock? What percentage was he? What was that relative to normal? Um, was he over levered already? Or is he is he truly taking a little bit off the table here? Um, I think that's super duper interesting. And what Elon's saying about SpaceX, I know I'm getting totally off topic here, but, um, and how he's like, he made another tweet recently about SpaceX IPOing and how a lot has changed since he said that SpaceX wouldn't IPO. So now I know I made a video about how Starlink is gonna IPO in a year for 70 to 80 billion. I've heard a new rumor, which is from a different source that Starlink's gonna IPO in like three years and that SpaceX itself will IPO in like seven years. So. I don't know. I'm just keeping y'all updated because these are the rumors that are bouncing around the VC world of what of when SpaceX will IPO. So like I have I try and keep y'all updated cuz I'm like okay, if I'm hearing this gossip in the VC world about what SpaceX is doing, like I feel like y'all should know, right? Like so um Okay, so let's talk more about Tesla though because I think so I actually have some charts that I want to pull up. Um let's see if I can pull these up of Tesla Energy. Um cuz I'm really excited about I wanted to make a whole video, but I just haven't made that video. Okay. Super chat. Do you expect more heat domes in the next year? Like there is zero snowpack to feed California. Ooh, I don't exactly know what that means, but yeah, I just don't know what that means. Um, the quad price to beat Rivians. Um, let's see if we have any questions. I don't know. It's very interesting that the Cybertruck has dropped the third model for the quad model. I think there's a lot of switch ups going on in the Cybertruck that we don't know yet. And my personal thing that I'm nerding out the, about the most is a solar wing deployment. So this is really cool um, because no EV has really had a option to deploy solar out of it to, to increase range. But the Cybertruck was supposed to have this. And Elon Musk even tweeted like 30, 30 uh, miles of range a day and 15 miles of added range from solar wings. And I'm, uh, ooh, I found it. I found it. Okay, this to me is like the coolest uh like literally the coolest thing that's happening in the Tesla product. And when Elon says insane technology bandwagon, this is what I'm worried about. So solar, or this is what I'm so curious about, solar powered to no cover. So this is gonna be solar powered, right? This is already a solar panel that's, that's adding range. That's super dope. Then we get Elon saying this, will be an option to add solar power that generates 15 miles per day, possibly more. Would love this to be self-powered um, adding fold out solar wings would generate 30 to 40 miles per day. Average miles per day in the US is 30 miles. So he's saying you could literally have your Cybertruck charge from the sun 
enough to drive it. You may never even need to plug it in if you're driving less than 30 miles a day and you live in a sunny place. This to me is like the holy grail of EV technology. I'm so, so fascinated by it. Um, and I'm like, this is, is a kind of a breakthrough moment of EVs where the cost of solar panels, the cost of production, the cost of the battery technology, the cost of the inverter or whatever is all cheap enough to put into that one form factor and have in the Cybertruck. So this is like, okay, Cybertruck, like we know it has four motors. We know it can do the crab walk and go diagonally. Like, okay, that's, that's, I guess people like that feature. I am way more obsessed about this when you talk about insane technology bandwagon. Will it have a deployable solar wing? First of all, because that's so practical. You're running off sunlight to charge your truck, which can tow an F-150. That's badass. But just how cool would it look if your Cybertruck pulls up to a location and it just, and like you have these little side, it's like, these solar wings just like pop out of the side of your Cybertruck, start soaking in the sunlight, start charging up your car. I mean, this is just so the holy grail, the sustainable future, especially if you want to camp in your Cybertruck. Um, that, I don't know. That's like one of the things that I'm most curious for. Um, and I did get totally sidetracked on this before, but I want to pull up a chart of pickup truck sales in the US because this pickup truck sales in the Cybertruck, I wonder if we're getting too excited about the Cybertruck because... Um, pickup trucks are insanely well selling, but in the US. So this is autocharts.info, which is an awesome site put together by Mo, who does hypercharts, um, that just says kind of like automotive sales data. So this is pickup truck sales um, through the year, year to date through Q3 of models just in the US. So you can see alone, the Ford F series has half a million units in the US in three quarters. Q4 is gonna be their biggest quarter. This could be almost a million units. 400k 400k 200k 100k so the market in the u.s for the pickup trucks you know this is the big question it's such a new innovative design is it you know how many people are buying pickup trucks to roll coal which don't want cyber trucks it's electric it's because it's tesla um how many people are going to want it because it are it, it are who never would have bought a truck like the ford f-series are going to buy it so so interesting my personal guess is it's somewhere in between nothing and ford f-series it's going to take a while and it depends how practical it is for work and how many work-like applications they find for the Cybertruck. If it's autonomous, if it has, a, that's another big feature of a Cybertruck, like a plug on board. So you can plug in power tools and maybe that makes it really good for a practical work truck on construction sites. And that drives a lot of demand beyond just people wanting it. So I think there's huge potential here, but um, I don't know. The Cybertruck to me, it feels like this is a big, since the Model 3, the Model Y wasn't really a bet for Tesla, right? The Model 3 was a bet for Tesla. It was a bet the company product. We don't hit this. We don't hit scale. We're not profitable. Um, the Model Y was kind of a hole-in-one because they already knew what the Model 3 was. They were like, we're going to adapt, make it a little bigger, you know, do this more segment that's better selling. But the Cybertruck is a way more shot in the dark, way more like, like it's kind of the same thing right when the Model 3 was about to launch. Like there's huge demand. There's huge pent up 2 million of orders. But where do those orders actually, where does the end unit demand per year fall? Um, because it's so new and it's so innovative. And this is why it's very hard to predict. But um, I don't know. I think it's going to be around two to 300,000 units per year in the US alone. And then it'll start expanding from there. And with the amount of pre-orders ha it has, I think 200,000 a year is kind of like a shoe in at like, let's call it $60,000 average selling price for 200,000. I don't even know if that assumes a lot of FSD. That's 12 billion in revenue. So even if they just sell 200,000 units a year, like a quarter of that, that's 12 billion. So this Cybertruck could be a huge, huge needle mover. Um, although personally, I think the 
semi-truck is going to be a bigger needle mover and they've been even more quiet about that like the tweet where um somebody the, the ceo of pepsi went on cnbc and said that they were taking deliveries of semi-trucks this year but then elon musk was like don't read too much into that tweet so i still think it's going to be a while for the uh, or sorry tesla semi-truck to hit the market um probably like a year or two, but I still think this could drive a lot more revenue than this than even the Cybertruck, frankly. Um, and they're keeping these specs up. But it's interesting to see how Tesla's really waiting till they have it perfect and have this 4680 battery production nailed down to a T before launching these products. Okay. Um, yeah, look at this dope video of the, the semi-truck. Okay, any questions um, to end the live stream? I kind of want to do, I guess the biggest takeaways in, in my scheme from this live stream was A, Cybertruck is coming. It's been de-risked, it's closer than ever. I think Tesla's in the planning stages of planning out where in that Austin factory they're gonna put batteries, they're gonna put production, they're gonna put that crazy machine to stamp the Cybertruck. Like this is all happening, it's all coming. It's just gonna take another 12 months for them to figure this all out, all out. And maybe there'll be a little bit of production before then, but it's really gonna take a long time. And like Elon said, like Tesla's a perfectionist with their products and there's an insane technology bandwagon for the Cybertruck, so they're going to wait until they nail that down and really have it working smoothly before they roll this out because they know this could sell hundred thousands of units a year, be a $50 billion product if it works. Um, do I think uh, Elon is liquidating the fund, liquidating to fund the Texas Institute of Science by himself? <laughs> uh, maybe. I think Elon's mostly liquidating to pay taxes on his options so he can actually increase his stake even more um but okay any more chat will the Cybertruck have a boat feature i imagine it'll be slightly waterproof but it won't be like officially certified to be waterproof or go swimming um cornelius thanks for the super chat is the tesla semi secretly optimus prime waiting to hitch a ride to mars on starship wow i mean since it's a super chat i guess i have to answer it maybe <laughs> i don't know um did I buy the Bitcoin dip? No. Okay. Um, exponential. Okay. Lots of super chats here that I'm not fully understanding. Um, yeah. So right now, I think the biggest thing for Tesla is figuring out that 4680 cell production. And I think that's why they've been really quiet on the semi-truck, on the Cybertruck, because they're not ready to announce how they're expanding capacity. That's, I think, the crux of Elon Musk's announcement on the next call. And on that Q4 call is going to be, here's how we're doing 4680 expansion. Here's how we figure it out. We're, our yield's up to the point where it's going to be economical to install this equipment and start expanding like crazy. We are doing all of that. And this is the kind of next leg of growth. And this is why it's so interesting. When you think about Tesla, the company, we have Model Y in Berlin and Austin scales us to about $100 billion in revenue. We're at about $14 billion a quarter in revenue right now for Tesla. Hypercharge.com slash Tesla, right? The best for the Tesla data. So I'm going to pull this up to show y'all. We're about $14 billion a quarter now for Tesla. I think we only need 81% growth to get to 100 billion cars, sell a couple hundred thousand more Model Ys a year. I think the Model Y alone takes us to $100 billion in revenue. So right now you look at Tesla, this entity, right? We're at a $1.1 trillion market cap. Um, wait, how do I go? Okay, $1.1 trillion market cap. 1 trillion, I call it 1.1 with dilution. And we're about a $14 billion business per quarter, right? 
So $14 billion per quarter right here, now 81% growth to get to 25 billion a quarter, which is 100 billion. I think this all happens on Model Y. Model Y has been absolutely booming. I think this will keep booming. This isn't official Tesla numbers, just our estimates, 70, 80,000 in Q2, up to 112,000 in Q3, 140, 150,000 next quarter, bam. And Tesla and Elon have said the Model Y will become the best selling car in the world. I have the Model Y. I got to tell you, this car is unbelievable. If you're not subscribed to the channel, definitely subscribe because I'm about to drop a 10,000 mile plus Model Y review. I've had my Model Y for a year. I've road tripped it all up and down the West Coast. I've had FSD beta. Um, I never owned a car before. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a tech nerd and per there's never, I've never had more conviction in Tesla than after I owned the product and drove it myself. Like I was a Tesla nerd before I had my Tesla, but now that I have it, I'm like, this product is incredible. The Model Y, they have nailed the form factor for what is the best car in the world. It's got storage. It's fast. Like my dad is, I was even like, yo dad, I think I got to get the Roadster eventually, right? Like really be swagging on him. And then I was like, wait, my dad's like, you don't want that. It's not even gonna be able to drive in Seattle. It's gonna just like hit, get curbed. It's gonna be too low. It's not safe enough. You can't fit all your friends. The Model Y is such an unbelievable, just hit the nail on the head of functionality, of performance. It drives like a Ferrari. I'm literally the, the fastest car on the road except a Tesla, even though I'm like a mini SUV that can fit all my friends, that has high clearance, that's super safe. Um, but it's not too big. It's small enough where I can still drive around a tight city like Seattle with small streets and feel fine. Like the Model Y is going to be, so when I when they say it's going to be the, the world's best-selling product, like I'm so on board with that. But that's going to take us to 100 billion. Tesla at a trillion, 1.1 trillion, you're buying this Model Y company that's maybe pumping out 2 billion in earnings last quarter with 14 million, let's call it 4 billion in earnings, a doubling in earnings with an 81% revenue growth, 4 billion in earnings a quarter, that's 16 billion a year for a trillion dollar entity. That's like an 80 times price EBIT ratio based on them just scaling a Model Y for 100 billion. So I'd say you're buying them for way more than that, right? You're buying them for a little FSD software margin expansion, but really you're buying them for that Cybertruck, that Tesla Semi, that next wave of growth that after Model Y crushes it and we hit 100 billion, maybe 120 billion if I'm being generous with just Model Y, how do we get to 250 billion? How do we get to 300 billion in revenue to justify you know, 1.5 to 2 trillion in market cap? That's where I'm really curious and that's where it all boils down to this 4680 development into the semi-truck, into the cyber-truck, and how many units they can sell and how fast they can scale those. So I think it's gonna be hard. Like, look, like this isn't like Zoom in the pandemic that just prints more software licenses with the press of a button and has more code just replicate at 100% margin, scales instantly. This isn't an NFT EV that you can just mint endlessly that's already produced. Like Tesla literally has to build factories, machines. Like it's, we've almost, their growth has been so quick and so impressive that we've given them the benefit of the doubt of future growth, despite it being incredibly excruciatingly difficult to scale an in-house vertically integrated manufacturing product at 50% a year, especially at this scale, which they keep wanting to do. So I think there's a lot of room for executional disappointment for Tesla shareholders at this price if they're not understanding just that this isn't software, this is you know all that. Okay, Tesla Energy, Super Chat, Hyperchange Tesla Daily Limiting Factor Weekly Podcast. Wow. I mean, I, I'm I'm subscribing to that. No, nah, I should I should definitely collab with both those guys like ASAP. So I will I will get on that. Um but yeah, so Mega Packs too. Maybe this is an interesting point to end it. Like the whole Mega Packs thing. Um okay. This the Tesla Energy thesis. Okay, so where's my Tesla Energy slides? Let me let me pull those up. It's a good place to end it. 
Um, okay, I'm going to take you all behind the scenes of hyperchange right now. So this is my random... Um, This is my like slide deck where I like make all the slides for hyperchange. Like we're super independent. Like I'm making all the slides. This is my slides for Starlink, by the way. Starlink subscribers um, and revenue, which I was gonna put in another video. I don't even know if I did. Anyway, this is Tesla Energy. Tesla Energy, to me, this is a lot of the X factor because when we think about the TAM of the company, can they get this to take off? 808 million last quarter, 806 million, a record last quarter. To me, with the mega pack factory, this goes into overdrive. So 806 million. Or no, that's Q4. Oh, I assume, I projected 806, same number as Q4. Then we have 2.9. So this is the last three years. So Tesla Energy has finally bounced back and returned to growth. And so these are my projections for 2021, almost $3 billion in revenue. And finally, some nice growth. So accelerating too. This is the key, key part. They went from flat for a couple years as Solar City transitioned. They went away from leasing. They went into batteries. They The solar scaled down. They're working on solar roof. Took a hit to the top line to focus on this next generation of technology. Now, because Megapack's going, because they don't have the tough comps, we're seeing that growth accelerate. And I think that continues. I think in next year, we go 65% growth, almost 5 billion with the help of mainly the Megapack factory. So this is going to be super, super interesting to watch next year as all this other stuff happens. Model Y to 100 billion, Cybertruck, Semi-Truck, FSD beta. I mean, the amount of stuff that's going on with Tesla is insane. But I think underlying all that is the acceleration of the energy revenues top line. So this is the battery deployments, right? Quarterly battery deployments. Now, this has become the driving force of Tesla energy, not just the solar panels. So that's why the top line growth is going to follow the growth of this battery segment because now it's become the majority of this energy revenue. So this behind the scenes, underneath the gap statements of transitioning from solar leading energy to batteries is really, really important because to me, this is the solar is not really gone zero to one yet. They can't figure out how to install the solar roof fast enough for this to be a $100 billion product yet. They'll get there. Batteries, they've figured out how to zero to one this to a $50 to $100 billion product line. Now it's, let's get, it's the fun part. It's just off to the races. So this is what I think is happening. Um, this is the batteries deployed, but I think that the, the batteries will drive 65% growth in energy revenue next year to um, this level. So that's kind of my silver lining um, besides everything else that's going on with Tesla. And so also interesting context here, like I've been covering Tesla for, I've been invested in Tesla for like almost 10 years at this point covering them forever, it has never gotten harder to t cover Tesla. Like I am, like I, I used to, a couple years ago, I would feel like my pulse was just like on Tesla. Like I was like, I know what they're doing. I know exactly what's happening, what the quarterly deliveries are. But there was one factory that was Fremont. It was just Fremont gossip. Now it's Fremont gossip, Shanghai gossip, Berlin gossip, Austin gossip, FSD gossip, energy gossip, Cybertruck gossip, Model Y gossip. Like Tesla's Tesla bot going on AI Dojo the um, the expansion of it's just I'm like in my brain as an investor and analyst keeping up with Tesla has has never been more complicated or harder because this company is doing so much so quickly so in my head I'm I'm like as a fanboy I'm like I kind of love that I'm like wow like Tesla's outgrowing what I can even keep up with as one person because of the amount of you know one factory that's already still expanding Fremont and now we have four of them. <laughs> just instantly. Now we have this crazy software component. So it's going crazy. I love someone saying, how many shares do you have, Gally? Um, I'm holding all of my Tesla shares, all of them. I love it. Um, 
there's a chance I'm going to have to uh, sell like Tesla, a little bit of crypto. Like I'm, I'm for taxes, essentially, I'm going to have to like haircut everything in my portfolio. So really not like hyped for that, but that would be the only reason I have to sell Tesla. Like I'm so, so bullish on this company. And I think a trillion is just a number. Like this trillion dollar market cap, it's so big. Elon's selling, like no companies, you know, 10 trillion, like a trillion is just a number. No company was a trillion a couple of years ago. Now Apple's almost 3 trillion and they're not even growing. And I haven't even bought the new iPhone. We all know they're not even innovating. They're still worth 3 trillion. Like a trillion is just a number. Inflation's at 6%. Like to me, the biggest thing about Tesla and what, like my biggest lesson from taking away from Tesla is the optionality of upside of the greatest inventor of our generation, Elon Musk, of this incredible business model of saying winners keep winning, of saying the, the next new great thing will be bigger than the last old great thing. The next Apple is bigger than Apple. You know, Apple was the next Microsoft or whatever, and it was big and now it's bigger. The next thing is always bigger. So when you find these winners, let them run. You know, like I know so many people who, uh, I love this saying, like they water their weeds. Like you you hold on to your losers because you want it to go back up, but you sell your winners. So you're watering your weeds and you're cutting your flowers. So not against that. To me, Tesla is, it's a trillion. It seems big. It seems like it's not doesn't have much growth left. We are so, so, so early and at least their product roadmap. I don't know about the financials, but I just think a trillion is just a number. And just personally as an investor, I've had to put less weight on the fact that it's a trillion dollar company and more just on like, what's the cash flow last quarter? trillions or not what you know what's the intrinsic value here what's the upside what's the tam you know tesla bot cybertruck so that that's kind of been helping me feel more comfortable holding on to tesla equity despite this sort of crazy thing and especially when i think about like the idea of like bitcoin's worth a trillion eth is worth almost half a trillion tesla and eth and bitcoin kind of all in the same ballpark i'm like to me these are all 10 trillion dollar assets plus in the future and if anything i think tesla's the most important of all of them um because it's just like real world energy, you know? Cryptocurrencies suck if we don't have green energy that can power them. So in many ways, the world of Tesla and cryptocurrency, which is crazy to me, are, are so intertwined more than you'd ever think. Um, and especially the fact, now I'm just getting on all the weird schemes, um, that Starlink is gonna allow so many more people to connect to the internet. And I think will single-handedly be a catalyst for cryptocurrency adoption. That's just crazy that that ties in too. Oh, ARK constantly selling Tesla. They're just rebalancing. Um, okay, any more questions? I've been going for a while. This has been so fun, by the way. I just wanted to catch up and give you all my thoughts on Tesla. Like, you know, we got to keep we got to keep the conversation going. Um, I'll definitely have some more awesome Tesla guests on soon. Let me know in the comments who you want me to collab with in the Tesla universe. Um, and yeah, we'll make it happen. Um, I have an epic new video about Starship production, SpaceX. Um, that I'm working on, my uh, 10,000 mile model wire view. Um, that's it right now. I'm kind of just still thinking through FSD beta. Like I'm, I would say this is the biggest toss up that I have at Tesla. It's like, will they figure out the self-driving car? Are we really going forward at the rate that we need to with FSD or is it, is it just gonna be a long, hard road that even Tesla doesn't see the end of yet? I just think that's so, so fascinating. Anyway, this is HyperChange. Cybertruck is coming. The, the, the clues are heating up. Elon's about to be on the Q4 call. This is gonna be epic. You know I'm covering the Q4 call. Like if you're watching and you're not subscribed, like subscribe already. I love y'all. Shout out to the HyperChange Patreons, patreon.com slash HyperChange. I'm working on a new newsletter for y'all. Just independent. Love that y'all support the show and I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, thank you for all the super chats. This was dope. 
loved hanging out. See you next time. And I read all your comments. So if you missed the live stream, you want to scheme on something, you have a new video for an idea, you have a new conspiracy theory moonshot for Tesla, let me know in the comments below and we'll catch up on it. I'm trying to think if I have like one crazy Tesla conspiracy theory um, that I could like make the end of live stream worth it. Maybe this, this Bitcoin thing, the way that Bitcoin mining and they were thinking about more crypto products and basically integrating Bitcoin mining at the solar farm utility scale battery level. I would still be looking out for that because that was a really good theory and we haven't seen a move made on that yet, but I think we will eventually. This is HyperChange. Love y'all. Have a great weekend. Peace.